0: And with younger kids I find um, they might have a little bit more behavior problems in the evening because they have to keep it together so much at school when they come home and they can finally relax and kind of let go. I think parents get more of that irritability and so they might see more behavior problems after school.
1: Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. Hey, hey,
2: mamas, welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. Today we're discussing what I consider one of the most important topics, to be honest, um, and it needs to be talked a lot, a lot more than it, than it currently is. So that's what we're doing today, and the topic is anxiety and depression in children. So as everyone was very well aware, it's unfortunately on the rise, um, even more so during COVID, Um, And today's guest is not only an expert on the topic, but is also a mama. So I'm excited to welcome Dr. Hillary Blake to the show. Welcome, Hillary. Thanks, guys. I know. We're so excited to have you and to have you talking about this very important topic. You're a perfect person for it.
0: Well, thanks. Yeah, lots of good, not good things, but I guess lots of good information out there on this topic that I think a lot of parents are concerned about.
2: For sure. Um. Let's do, right before we get started, why don't you tell everyone um, just a little bit about you. Tell us, you know, about yourself, your family, um, what you do, all the stuff.
0: Sounds good. So I am a mama bear of two. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So um, outside of that, I work full-time at Riley, Indianapolis, Indiana, um, as a child and adolescent uh, psychologist. Um, so there I do a variety of things. I uh primarily specialize in children with uh medical conditions, chronic medical conditions, and also uh those who have comorbid uh, mental health illness. Um so besides that, I also do some work with um somatoform disorders, uh, and then children with uh very behavior problems. Lots of things. So
2: Yeah. So lots of very. things. And that's why so we <laughs> were um Hillary and I were chatting on Instagram, actually. We are just talking about all, you know, there's so many important topics. We're going to be bringing her back on the show because, trust me, you guys, there's a lot of things (laughs) she could talk about that are so helpful. But when we talked about this, you know, I feel like this is a topic a lot of people experience it or, you know, and they just, no one really talks about it. I don't know if it's out of embarrassment or you can probably even elaborate on that. But it's just something that, especially as moms, I know no one wants to even think about having a child that might have anxiety or depression. So it's something we either sweep away or deny. So I think the first thing we kind of just want to hear your advice on is, you know, how as a mom, as a parent, how do you spot anxiety and depression in your child? Like, what are the first things that maybe we should be aware of or look for?
0: Yeah, so I think a lot of it depends on the age of the kiddo. Um, with the smaller age kiddos, they're not going to be able to voice their worries or concerns about it. You're going to see them probably saying more they're scared of things um, or more avoidance, like, mommy, I don't want to do that, sort of if what you'll hear them say. Um, also, what we find is, especially in younger children, um, and we also see in adolescents, too, but we'll see a lot of somatic complaints, uh, meaning they'll have a lot of tummy aches and then we'll see a lot of headaches um, so my daughter's a great example. If, if we're transferring back from home to school, and it's been a long break, she usually complains of a tummy mm-hmm. ache. Um, yeah. That's anxiety, um, and so I, I've talked to my husband. I'm like, "Oh, yep, she's anxious today. It's a transition back." Um, so we'll see it in that way. Um, you know, for the older adolescents and you know middle schoolers, things like that, they're gonna be able to verbalize and recognize their worries a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, they'll talk about, like, oh, I feel really stressed right now, mom, um, or they'll, they'll just generally say I'm worried about this or I'm nervous about that. Um, you know, generally what we're looking for is for the worries to be pretty consistent. Uh, so, you know, it, I always tell families it's very normal to feel anxious from time to time, but when we see that anxiety kind of on a daily basis is when it becomes more concerning, Especially when we find that the kiddo can't, you know, control their worries, um, or if it's interfering in their school performance or their social relationships, or even their ability to do things around the house, um, that's when we get really concerned with kids. But I think it's also important. That there's a lot of other symptoms that go along with anxiety, um, besides, you know, somatic symptoms. We'll often hear um, parents complain that the kids super irritable mm-hmm. when they're anxious, so it might come out as irritability. Um, concentration problems are very prominent in individuals with anxiety. Uh, fatigue is another one that we see a lot of, primarily because when we're anxious, our body goes into that fight-or-flight response and goes into superdrive, and everything in your body speeds up. Your heart rate, you know, your breathing, um, your food stops digesting. Um, you know, you might get sweaty. People complain of their hands feeling cold. Um, so that super drive makes the body very, very tired. So we'll find that kiddos with anxiety are easily Mm -hmm. fatigued. Um, so at the end of the day, they may be the kiddos napping and things like that. Um, also it's, it's not uncommon for children with anxiety to have a lot of sleep problems. Uh, so I always talk to my patients about the monkeys in their Uh head at night. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so it's just kind of ruminating and it's just going and going and going. And so they can't turn it off is what we'll find a lot, um, or even difficulty staying asleep at night is a big one. Um, You know, another hallmark symptom of anxiety is restlessness. So just feeling on edge. um, They can't sit still. They'll talk about like, they just have to move. Um, So we'll see that a lot. Um, I think it's also important to note that also with younger kids, I find um, they might have a little bit more behavior problems in the evening because they have to keep it together so much at school when they come home and they can finally relax and kind of let go I think parents get more of that irritability and so they might see more behavior problems after school that's what we'll see too it's
2: crazy you say that because we I was actually having a conversation with a a mom the other day and that's what she said she's like you know like they come home from school and they're like this different kid but you talk to their teacher and their teacher's like they're doing wonderful like you know everything's great at school
0: Yep. So that can be anxiety, yeah. but obviously, because you have yeah. behavior problems, too, in general. Um, <laughs> but that's not uncommon. So I would say it's not uncommon, especially I work with a lot of children with behavior problems. And a lot of times they're, they are angels in my office. They're angels at school. But they are nightmares when they get home. So <laughs> So thank God for telehealth, because now I get to see them in their home environment.
1: I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is what you're dealing with. <laughs> because they know what they can get away with, right, at home. It's... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So depression, I think, is, is is I, w- I do want to say with the pandemic, uh, we're seeing a major rise in, in mental health and um, adults and children um, across the board. And so I think depression is an incredibly important topic to talk about. Um because we do see it on the rise. And then um, not only that, um, probably not a, a feel good, happy topic, but we also are seeing suicide rates mm-hmm. on the rise, um, especially in adolescence. Uh, so, you know, depression is, um, you know, the what we're looking, the main symptoms of depression is having a really sad mood for multiple days in a row. Um, so either that or just feeling like nothing's fun anymore. You'll hear my teenagers will say, oh my gosh, everything's boring. I just don't care about anything. The fancy term we use for that is called anhedonia and it just means lack of interest or pleasure in activities. Um, So, you know, we all feel sad from time to time especially during the pandemic as experienced. Um, So if, you know, if your kid feels sad for like a moment or two during a day and then bounces back and is fine, that's normal. But what, what we really care about is if that is consistent for days on end is when it becomes concerning. So not only do we have to see the anhedonia and the depressed mood, um, irritability in adolescents can actually be a symptom of depression. So we'll have these irritable depressed teens that kind of present in our offices, um, which is interesting. And then so they might be a little bit more moody and things like that is what parents will report. Um, you know, in terms of their affect or what their face looks like, we'll find that kids who are depressed don't really smile as much. They'll just have a, we call it a flat affect, meaning it just doesn't show any emotion on their face is what we'll see a lot. Um, you know, besides those symptoms, a lot of other things that we find are, uh, we'll see appetite changes. So a lot of kids will lose weight or gain weight. Um, concentration problems is also prevalent with depression, Um, sleeping a lot is a big one or difficulty not sleeping at all at night. So insomnia, um, you know, feeling really worthless or guilty or symptoms that we see. Um, And then obviously the most concerning one is uh, suicidal ideation. It's a big hallmark of depression.
1: Wow. So you had mentioned a little bit about this, but when should a parent really start to get concerned and, you know, start thinking about seeking help? Like what things should they be looking out for?
0: Yeah, I think with anxiety, if it just seems to really be impairing their day to day, and it seems very consistent, I would definitely go ahead and get help from a mental health professional. Um, From depression side of things, I think if your kiddo it's just really seeming down in the dumps or isolating themselves a lot or just kind of um, in the rooms all the time. And, you know, you see grades declining and things like that, then you definitely seek help. Um, If at any point anyone has any types of suicidal thoughts, immediately seek help, um, either by taking them to an emergency room or getting them at an appointment with a mental health professional.
2: What age, Hillary? Like, I know, I mean, this is obviously, this is going to be every single person is so unique and so individualized. I know you can't just general, you know, make a general statement, but what is, I know some, like I hear comments a lot where people are saying, you know, well, it's just because he or she is too, or it's just because, and that might be the case, but like what age, I mean, do you see kids that young that would, I mean, cause obviously we all know the earlier you intervene, the better. So it's like you, I want people to understand, like that doesn't mean, you know, they're just two. I feel like there's, There's got to be an age where there's something you can do about it. But, like, how young do you see or treat children?
0: Um, Yeah, we do all the way down to preschool age, in fact, um, depending on the kiddo. So, I mean, we'll see kids as young as four or six. Um, You know, those younger kiddos are going to be the kiddos with a lot of tummy aches and things like that. They might have, you know, phobias, so specific fears of things like storms or, you know, uh, needles, things like that. Um, but it can start, you know, I, I, I do more younger kids and I have a lot of elementary age kids in my clinics.
2: Okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. We see that... it all.
0: It's all ages.
2: Yeah. So. I'm sure it is.
0: Yeah. Are Cause pretty... usually there'll be like a stressor that kind of ignites it and then it just kind of progressively worsens.
2: That's so interesting. Um, Another thing, another question we kind of were talking about is how, you know, so I can't, I, it's got to be so hard as a, I mean, as a parent, you know, when something's wrong with your child, it's it's just so hard to watch them through that. But it's also, I feel like hard when you are a friend of a mom who is, you know, trying to help their children navigate this anxiety and depression. So what is your, um? you know, what's your advice for how can you support another mom friend and her child who are kind of navigating anxiety and depression, whether it's young, adolescent, Um, any tips on how to support friends in that way?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing to do is remove all stigma from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's the biggest problem we have in the United States is there's so much stigma Mm -hmm. around yourself. But I think just also being encouraging and, and, supportive that the mom has made this right decision and it's really great that she's getting treatment for her kiddo Um, but also normalizing that there's a lot of kids out there who have anxiety and depression and that she's not alone Um, so I think and then also validating her feelings that she may have about it right because of course as you're a mom it's hard to see your kid go through this sort of stuff so um, you know checking in on her to make see how she's coping with it and Uh, seeing what you can do to help her along the way.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think you, you know, really hit home when you said, you know, taking away the stigma from it, because I don't know why that is that there is such a stigma around mental health. And I, you know, I love that people are starting to talk about it a little bit more, but definitely you don't hear people talking about it specifically and, you know, younger Younger people, um, kids, mm-hmm. adolescents, so yeah, I think taking away the stigma from it is huge. How do you think we you know just anyone can go about helping to take away the stigma? What would you recommend? You know it, that's a hard one. I think
0: we're all battling mm-hmm. that right now, but I think having open mm-hmm. discussions about it is very important um, mm-hmm. you know I'm friends with tons of psychologists and we're always talking about how are you doing with the pandemic? You know, how's your mental health going? How are you doing physically and emotionally? And those are conversations that we just have. So just talking about it, I think, is is the number one thing. Um, mm-hmm. And not being shameful about it either, right? I think especially now, I mean, there's tons of studies out on COVID and what that's doing to people. And it's been shown in the adult population. We don't have any studies on the kiddos yet, but in the adult population, increased stress, significantly. And mm-hmm. we know that stress leads to specifically in adults, you know, anxiety, depression, um, substance use, things like that. So um, I think mm-hmm. it's just being open and honest about it and, and not putting it under the covers. I think I like to think of mental health as any other medical condition, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, what would you do if your friend told you she had cancer? And you would react to the to say, you know, if you know, it's with Crohn's or whatever it may be, you know, it's still just, you've got to think of it as the same wavelength as that. Mm -hmm.
2: And bet, you know what, Bailey, that you, that was like, a that was a great question. Cause like for, you know, for you and I, it's almost like, you know, we run a fitness community, which we focus on physical health. Bailey and I are obviously huge on mental health, but you know, it's, we don't spend enough time. Like, you know, you ask someone how they're doing and it's like, they always talk about either their progress in terms of body, but (laughs) we're going to start getting more specific, Bailey. How is your mental yeah.
1: health?
2: <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yes, I like definitely. the directness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's definitely important because um obviously if if someone's mental health isn't in order, we're gonna have problems with also, you know, keeping their physical health. So
2: For sure. Oh
0: definitely And also there's so much studies that they're so intertwined that, you know, exercise does so much for your mental health through that endorphin release and mm-hmm. really does help boost moods and things like that. And Um, when people are really emotionally dysregulated, so really anxious or really bad anger, we actually teach intense exercise as a coping skill. So we have them go work out really, really hard for like 15 to 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh
2: But I can, I can, and I can totally relate to that. Like how do how I feel after like a hit workout like that when I do feel a little bit stressed, if I do a, one of our 30 minute hit workouts, like I'm a
1: new person. it Mm -hmm. it is. It's so true. And, you know, one thing that I've seen some schools doing, which I think is really neat is, you know, implementing things like yoga and movement for ones that, you know, might have some behavioral problems or troubles and I just think that's really cool because it's taking it in kind of a diff- different direction. And that kind of goes in line with what you were saying as you know maybe let's try to add some movement and I'm sure there's some studies like you said that show that that can be beneficial.
0: Oh, 100%. So yoga is kind of in that mindfulness block which is the new hot therapy that everyone's doing. Um, and, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many studies on mindfulness. It helps, uh, you know, relapse in depression. It's been shown to help anxiety and it's been shown to help chronic pain. So I talk relentlessly. I'm sure every patient who's ever met with me is like, oh, Dr. Blake's talking about yoga again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, we talk a lot about like healthy habits, too. Is It's something that, you know, I work with kids with. You know chronic illnesses, so we talk a lot about like mm-hmm. nutrition and exercise and um, drinking water. And, you know all that sort of stuff, and I'm I'm sure I say it at nauseam. They're mm-hmm. like, oh yep, okay, here she goes. She's gonna ask me if I exercise this week.
1: <laughs> so- <laughs> but it's obviously important. Then a hundred percent.
0: Right? Like- I mean it's it's so important. Uh, I mean, um, it's. A- coping skill right that you can utilize and it and I mean obviously we know the effects on the body of it but it it really does have an impact on people's emotions and um I mean it, yeah it's like preaching to the choir to you guys but it should be implemented and there's a good reason it should be implemented and I think it also is important when I talk about exercise with patients you know the spiel I always give is I'm not telling you to go out and run a marathon I'm telling you to go out and walk or I'm Mm -hmm. telling you to go do yoga. I'm just telling you to move your body. I don't care how you do it, but move it. Mm -hmm.
2: Did you hear that, mamas? The doctor told you to move your body and drink more water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all need to be doing that, right? So true. (laughs) Well, this has been so extremely helpful. I think that you have, you know, given a lot of you know, moms listening and parents, just some really good, um, tools to help them maybe identify where, you know, where their child is and help them identify, you know, are they experiencing anxiety? You know, is this, you know, turning into a, maybe a depression and if they need to, you know, be concerned about that, seek help or give, give them tools, you know, to help them figure that out and help their child, you know, as needed. So we really, really appreciate you coming on here and I'm sure we'll definitely have you on in the future for other topics as well. Carrie, or what other topics were you discussing? Oh gosh, that you Potty said? training? Wasn't that one of the <laughs> yes, potty that one. Yes. <laughs> Behavioral I,
0: interventions yeah. for, you know, terrible twos and threes oh, and
2: um Lord, where were we you? have a really long
1: podcast.
2: <laughs> oh, where were you two years
1: ago, Hillary? <laughs> Sitting here <laughs> uh, waiting for your call. Yeah, I will definitely be needing that at some point. I know for sure. I mean, not there quite yet, but
2: <laughs> you will be.
1: <laughs> yeah, will be. And roughly ish, I don't know when do you even start doing that? See, I know a lot about pre-imposed postnatal. I don't know a lot about babies yet, so I should probably figure that out. <laughs> you will You'll get there.
0: It's a learning <laughs> curve
1: and you mm-hmm. learn as you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, well, we have one final question that we always ask our guests that come on and that is what is a messy mom moment or moment that you can remember? And if you can't remember one, then what advice do you have for other mamas to embrace the messiness in their lives?
0: Oh, man, I have so many messy mom moments in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know this is never an issue. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I was thinking about to even yesterday when I, you know, I think just trying to keep it together right now. Um, I think I failed this week when I dropped my kids off to daycare and my daughter looked at me and goes, Mommy, where's my backpack? And I was like, that's a great question. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Valid question.
0: <laughs> and then she looks at me and goes. Bring me my water bottle, too. So, um, yep, yeah, that was probably one of my drops. But I think the I think the biggest thing that I tell moms and, you know, friends and everyone is uh, give yourself some leniency right now. I think we're all just trying to keep our head above water um, and be gentle mm-hmm. on yourself and take time for yourself. Self-care is huge. I think the biggest thing I preach to parents is you can't take care of your babies unless you're taking care of yourself. So uh, take that time for self-care.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. Well, again, this has been so extremely helpful. You know, even for someone who doesn't have a child into this world yet, <laughs> Earthside. side. Earth side. <laughs> um, yeah, Earth side. Um, I. You know, there's some good tips and information that I know that I can be on the lookout for, and just, you know, moms in general. So, again, thank you so, so much for coming on and talking about this extremely important topic. And yeah, be on the lookout, everyone, for Hillary to be on in the future, because like I said, we're definitely going to have you on again uh, to talk about, you know, some of those other topics that we discussed, that we mentioned as well. So, thank you again so much for coming on here, and all you mamas out there thank you for listening. If you have any questions, you know, please also feel free to reach out to us. um, And then we can reach out to Hillary or Hillary. Is there a place where we can have, you know, mamas find you? Are you on social media?
0: Social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, So yeah, happy to reach out and answer questions and things like that.
1: Okay. Awesome. Great. And I can put some of that information in the show notes as well. And then we would love if you're listening, if you enjoyed this podcast to give us a little five-star review that just helps other mamas um, find us and learn how to embrace the messiness in their lives and see all of the amazing guests that we have on. So we love you forever if you would do that. Till next time. Bye mamas. Bye mamas.